0: In an area of space known as the Courtyard, the Federation ship moves across the stars patrolling the borders between three civilizations. Its mission? Maintain peace and to remain ever watchful in endless vigilance.
1: Stardate
2: 2381.192
3: Personal log, current start date. Our time through the Narendran Corridor has been, thankfully, uneventful, which I find to be of some solace as I keep coming back to the loss of the Citadel less than a month ago. I will admit this isn't the first time I've wondered if what befell her would happen to the Dauntless. Our re-entry into Federation space has, however, put my mind at ease, and has allowed me to remember... Happier times. It's been a while since I've been on this side of the Federation, and I'm looking forward to the ceremony. And spending time with an old friend. End log. Admiral, on the bridge. Good morning, Captain Ucap.
2: Good morning, Admiral. Such formalities, I'm either in trouble or you're in a pleasant mood this morning.
3: Is that so, Captain? I was under the impression that I was always in a pleasant mood. Though I will admit to feeling more at ease now that we're back in Federation space.
2: (laughs) Helm, ETA to Cure Station?
3: At current speed and heading, ETA is 60 minutes, sir.
2: Thank you, Helm. It's been a while since I've ventured to this side of the Federation as well.
3: Though I've come to see Narendra Station as my home... I have to admit feeling a bit of nostalgia.
2: Only a bit of nostalgia? It seems to me that we're both looking forward to seeing the Commodore. I can't wait to mop the floor with him on the squash courts.
3: (laughs) It's been years since Steven and I were in the same room. We were both captains then. I'm looking forward to seeing him. However, the ceremony is official Starfleet business and it takes precedence. Is that understood?
2: Yes, sir. Completely understood. Helm, steady as she goes.
4: Hey, thanks for joining me for breakfast this morning. I wasn't sure you were going to make it.
5: Why would I not make it?
4: Well, Alpha shift has already started and, well, you know, the duties of a Starfleet officer and all.
5: Since we are moored in station, my duties are at a minimum. I also must eat breakfast, meaning you was... convenient.
4: Well, it's nice to know I'm... convenient. (laughs) Well, anyway, thank you. Prior to my transfer to the station, I used to eat breakfast with friends, and... I guess I just missed that. Do you have anyone you usually eat with?
5: I normally eat in private. However, Commander Reznov has recently requested me to join him during meals.
4: You make it sound like a chore...
5: My metabolism requires more food than I am comfortable eating around... others.
4: But you barely ate anything.
5: I don't want to... offend you. (laughs) Offend me? I fail to see the humor.
4: Max, you're one interesting fellow. Who I would really like to get to know more about. Do you have any family aboard the station?
5: No, I... My family does not live aboard the station.
4: So... Where do they live?
5: I believe they are still on Earth.
4: You believe? You mean you don't know?
5: I do not keep in regular contact with them.
4: When did you last speak to your family?
5: Miss Cooper, I thank you for the invitation to breakfast. However, I have duties I must attend to.
4: Max, wait! Can we do this again sometime? Yes. So, another chink in that armor... So, how did
6: Dulan fare at his surprise birthday party?
7: Once he relaxed, I believe he started to enjoy himself. Once he started treating it like a science experiment, you mean?
6: You shouldn't be too harsh, considering Romulans don't celebrate birthing days like you do.
7: I wasn't being harsh. I like Dulan. It's just, he only loosened up once he started treating the event as if it were an experiment. And for that, you can thank the good doctor.
6: What do you mean?
7: When the doc noticed how uncomfortable Dulan seemed, he suggested that he should consider the party as an opportunity to study the behavioral interactions of others. Once he took the doc's advice, the rest was history.
0: It appears that Dulan and Dr. Nan are starting to form a friendship. Seems like they have a lot in common.
7: Now, Hawthorne, that's a whole other matter.
6: Did something happen?
7: Nope. He was charming as usual, as charming as a Lurian.
6: I do not understand. The Ryans as a species seem detached and apathetic, but they're not once you learn to understand them.
7: I agree. But in Arthur's case, there's nothing more to understand. Cut him some slack, Nikolai. Yeah, yeah.
4: Hey, does anyone know who that woman is that Lieutenant Max is having breakfast with?
7: Probably the one that has the hots for our Maxi.
4: Really? Are you sure?
0: So, Nikolai, have you found your dress uniform yet? <laughs> Need I remind you that you really don't have a choice? Unless you prefer to call Mom yourself and explain to her.
7: Yes, I found it. And it's still full of pomp with absolutely no circumstance.
6: I think you would look just as handsome in your dress uniform as Mitch did in his.
7: Yeah, but unlike Mitch, I'm not trying to impress anyone by wearing it.
4: Well, if you want my opinion. I don't. I would have to agree with Katara, at least until you put on your tool belt with a wrench hanging from it to finish off the look.
8: So here I am, trying my best to get a lock on the Commander and the Ensign, which, might I add, was not exactly standard. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, I can tell the the Captain's a little worried, and you know me. I'm usually not one to feel the pressure of a situation.
9: Mm, of course not.
8: Are you taking this seriously?
9: (laughs) Yes, yes, of course. Go on.
8: Anyway, I won't lie, I started to feel a little pressure, but I knew that I could do it. This wasn't my first rodeo, you know. And an instant later, they materialize on my path. That's a relief. Yeah, I know, right? Well, doesn't the captain's demeanor suddenly change? We see the commander and ensign right there on the pad embraced in each other's arms like a pair of agravian spider cats and eat and if you ask me it didn't look to me like either of them had any issue with it
9: you sir are a gossip
8: hey you asked me to tell You're a, a story and it would be wrong for me to leave anything out besides when the captain asked if they needed a moment it's as if they suddenly realized that they weren't alone because they simultaneously ended their embrace then they began blaming one another He said it was pilot error, she said it was engineering error. They both walked off the pad and out of the transporter room still blaming each other.
9: Mm. They didn't give him a report?
8: Nope. Anyway, I couldn't help asking if that was normal. And no word of a lie, the captain said. For them it is.
9: Hey, thanks again. As always, the food was fantastic. It was good to eat your home cooking.
8: Stop, you're making me blush.
9: Like that could ever happen.
8: And before you go, I wanted to ask... Have you tried the recipe that I gave you for a meal with him?
9: Not yet, but I'm working on it. I just haven't found the right time to ask him yet.
8: At this rate, the Orion System star will have gone supernova before you.
9: Alright, you asked for it.
8: alright, I'm sorry. Seriously, though, what do you see in him anyway?
9: He's... dignified, handsome, and speaks his mind. He's direct and has a profound reverence for the chain of command he's honest and i happen to like honesty
8: if you say so
9: anyway have you heard from your sister
8: my sister well you certainly know how to kill a mood
9: dauntless you are cleared for geostationary orbit welcome to cure station
2: thank you cure station We're happy to be here. Please inform the Commodore that Admiral Hebert and I will be beaming over shortly.
9: Commodore Williamson is aware and presently on his way to Transporter Suite 1.
2: Understood. Dauntless out.
9: She's certainly a big one. The Dauntless is a Galaxy-class starship, Master Chief. Big is an understatement. And when was the last time you've seen one, Commander? I was simply making an observation, just as you were. Mm Mm-hmm. And what exactly are you doing here, sir? What do you mean, what am I doing here? You called me here! Really, sir? I did? I can't imagine why. Well, I'm afraid I can't remember. The sight of the Dauntless must have me flustered. The the sight of the... (sighs) Then I will take my leave. Good day, Master Chief.
10: And, Master Chief, next time you need me... As it is standard practice, would you please use my comm badge?
9: Maintained to establish an approach. Ops control to Commander Hawthorne.
10: Yes, Master Chief?
9: I'll take that under advisement. The Dauntless has assumed geostationary orbit around the station, sir. Admiral Hebert and Captain Ucab should be arriving shortly.
11: Thank you, Control. Lieutenant Davis and I have arrived and await transport.
9: Aye, sir. Ops
11: out.
12: (sighs) Are you okay, sir?
11: Sorry? Oh, no, Lieutenant, I'm fine. Admiral Hebbard and I have known each other for a long time, and I suppose I'm looking forward to seeing her in person rather than over a video terminal. The last time we were in the same room... well, let's just say it's been a while.
12: Did you know one another at the Academy?
11: No, not that far back. Uh, I met her while I was stationed at the Diplomatic Corps in San Francisco. We are two of three close friends who've seen a lifetime's work.
12: The Dauntless is ready for transport, Commodore.
11: Ready, Lieutenant?
12: Always, sir.
11: Very well, then. Crewman, energize. Admiral Hebert, Captain Yucab, welcome to Cure Station. Commodore Williamson, permission to come aboard. Granted.
2: Stephen, it's good to see you.
11: It's good to see you as well, Jonathan.
3: Stephen, I would like to introduce my attache,
11: Lieutenant Charlie Moore. Glad to meet you, Lieutenant. Welcome to the station. Please allow me to introduce Lieutenant Emily Davis. She is my saving grace. I believe you and Lieutenant Moore know each other?
12: Yes, sir. From our time at the Academy.
11: If the Admiral's all right with it, perhaps you would show Lieutenant Moore to the Admiral's quarters?
3: Of course. I'll meet you there soon. Sounds like you and Lieutenant Davis have some catching up to do.
13: Thank you, Admiral.
12: If you'll follow me, Lieutenant...
11: John, I assigned you the suite you had the last time you were here. Excellent. I'll
2: take my leave. Admiral? Commodore? Oh, don't forget about that game you owe me, Stephen. I expect to see you on the court.
11: <laughs> you really are a glutton for punishment. Don't say I didn't warn you. It's good to see you, Stephen. You too, April. I'm glad you made it safe. Please, won't you join me in my office? I believe I have something for you. A gift from the station's commander himself? I'm flattered. How could I possibly refuse? Oh, really? Come to think of it, where did I put that bottle?
3: (laughs) Now, now, Stephen, don't get all grumpy on me. It doesn't suit your youthful face. How are things coming along with tomorrow's ceremony?
11: Very well. We're on target.
3: I'm happy to hear that. That means there's no reason for you not to treat me to dinner tonight.
12: And with your quarters, right across the hall.
13: Excellent. Thank you, Lieutenant.
12: Oh, it's great to see you, Charlie. How... how are you holding up?
13: Keeping a stiff upper lip, as they say.
12: Oh, I'm so sorry.
13: Thanks, Sam. Did you see Douglas when the Citadel was here?
12: We, um, we had dinner the night before they left the station.
13: How was he? Did he seem happy?
12: Charlie, are you sure you...
13: Yes, I need to hear something other than his last transmission to me. Please.
12: He was, he was happy. He was so excited that his first posting was to be Narendra Station.
13: I know, he couldn't wait to tell me about it. He was worried that his first posting was going to be aboard some tug or freighter. (laughs) Really? I'm serious.
12: He was... He was looking forward to seeing and working with you.
13: So was I.
12: You know, I got the impression that he fancied someone he met aboard the Citadel. Did he say anything to you?
13: No, he didn't. Are you sure?
12: He started talking about a young female officer he met. And when I asked about her, he closed up pretty quick and went red-faced. Sure signs, if you ask me.
13: An officer? Is the office trolley? What's he thinking?
14: Out with it, Doctor! I do not have all day. What is the prognosis?
7: The prognosis hasn't changed, Senator. The disease is spreading far more rapidly than I have anticipated. I am afraid the stimulants seem to be. adapting. By all accounts, you shouldn't even be able to walk now.
14: I will take it as a blessing. How long?
7: As I explained during my last visit, I'm afraid I can only speculate. Based on medical scans, it could be days or weeks. A month at best before.
14: I suppose we knew that it was a matter of time.
7: I am sorry.
14: You have served my family well, and I... thank you.
7: To make you more comfortable, might I suggest-
14: No. That will be all, Doctor. You will, of course, purge all the data regarding today.
7: Of course. You're not true, Senator.
14: She thinks me a monster. If only she knew. She is so much like you. I wish you could have seen her grow up. Katara is strong, far stronger than either of us, and I thank you that she has so sick to watch over her. But now, now I'm faced with a dilemma. Who? Can I trust with this?
3: I'm glad to see some things haven't changed. Excuse me? Seriously, you
11: still have that damned fish tank. (laughs) What can I say? A doujin suckerfish live a surprisingly long time. You know, Advocate Dujuk taps on the glass every time he's in the office. He seems fascinated by it. You've never asked him why? I'm not sure I'd like his answer.
3: (laughs) (laughs) How has his submission for ambassadorial candidacy been taken by the High Council?
11: From a diplomatic standpoint, I believe Chancellor Martok thinks he'd be the best candidate for the job, considering he's been here performing all of Ovak's duties. However... One of the great houses has seemed fit to challenge his candidacy. Challenge it? Why? I suspect that some would find it more advantageous to have someone more sympathetic to on incursion into Romulan space here on the station, stirring the proverbial pot.
3: Does he plan on accepting the challenge?
11: He already has. But he knows it will not be easy. When is he due to leave? And he will need to leave for Kronos shortly but let's talk about happier things. Well,
3: I'll admit, I'm looking forward to enjoying that bottle and being there to see Randy's boys get their promotions.
11: Yeah, um, about that, we had a slight situation and, well, it it required an early intervention. What did you do? Well, Mitch already earned his promotion, and since he is my direct subordinate, April, I didn't have a choice. Don't give me that, Stephen. Out with it. Okay. As you know, Captain Seurall had submitted transfer and promotion orders for Lieutenant Dra, Quinn's communication officer. Dra had made it quite clear that she didn't want to leave and asked Quinn for his help. But even as the vigilance's master, he was still technically Seurall's subordinate. He asked for my help, and I gave him the ability to keep his crew intact. Wait.
3: I wasn't aware of any transfer orders made by Captain Saral.
11: Really? Let me bring them up. Those are your authorization codes. Stephen. I've
3: never seen these orders before.
15: Report? Report? Well, look who's all high on themselves. Are you on a secure channel? It's me you're talking to. Of course, this is an encrypted channel. Anyone trying to piggyback off me will get an air full of static, and maybe by the occasional conversation with my mother. can you tell me about the Ambassador and the Centurion? Oh, you know. They're good. He's looking pretty good in his Starfleet threads.
14: Don't try my patience.
15: Excuse me? If I remember correctly, it's you who wanted the information. And you know the price? And I haven't seen a single credit enter my account. So, until I see that, consider this just a social call.
0: You are insufferable.
15: Hey, you're free to find someone else. Maybe they'll work for less or free. Oh, wait, there is no one else? <laughs> Come on now, it's just a button push away. Ah, Your payment. Hey, there it is. Pleasure doing business with you as always. I'm sending the data transfer now, though I'm not too sure what you're trying to find out. His performance has been to the letter, regarding to what I've read. There isn't so much difference from the ambassador was sending.
14: Then why am I paying you?
15: Well, it's always good to have a second opinion, isn't it? And besides... You may be interested to know that the Ambassador and the Captain of the Vigilance have been quite chummy as of late. Chummy? It's all there in what I sent you. Time's up on my encryption. Give me a call sometime. You truly are insufferable.
16: As a man from your caste, you have made quite the stir amongst some of the great houses, my friend.
0: I imagine so. Still, inform the High Council that I will be returning to Kronos soon.
16: Of course, but you must be aware that even should you succeed in this, you will be the target of those wishing to take your place.
0: I am aware, and whether that happens today, tomorrow, or years from now, it will still be a good day to die
16: friend. Have you chosen a Chardish?
0: Yes, I have made my decision.
16: Whom have you chosen?
0: In due time, Latol. You and the High Council will know upon my arrival.
16: You are playing a dangerous game by refusing to send the name prior to your arrival. Yes. It
0: is, however, no more dangerous than a Mechlath's Edge.
16: Spoken like a warrior, my friend. Perhaps today, or any other, is indeed a good day to die. Until we welcome you home, Advocate. Kapla
14: Kapla
3: Hey Lin, Alpha Shift is over, are you coming?
7: No, I'd rather finish this.
3: Anything I can help with?
7: No, no, I I got it.
3: Oh. Um, I, I booked the of Suite for 1830, and,
0: uh... And...
7: And I wanted to know if you would like to join me. Yeah, somehow. I don't think I'll be finished by then.
4: Um... Okay...
6: transmission from Senator Helius T. Peral
14: of Romulus.
6: (sighs) Turn off music and put the call through.
14: Hello, Ambassador.
6: Hello, Father. This is unexpected.
14: Is it so unusual for a father to call his daughter?
6: Yes, considering I've only heard from you once in two years, And that was to admonish me for causing you strife within the Senate.
14: Come now, Katara. I just wanted to see how you were doing.
6: Huh. What is it this time? What's the real reason for your call?
14: So be it. Is it true you have become... familiar with a certain Human Federation captain?
6: Ah, so I was right.
14: Do you have any idea how this looks on Romulus? You... A Romulan ambassador. With the likes of us. A- and
6: what would you have me do? Am I not here to give the appearance that Romulus actually cares that this joint venture is successful? How do you propose I accomplish that? With a knife at their throat? Or, better yet, maybe with a knife in their back so no one else can see?
14: Enough! Do not forget your place!
6: Oh, do not think for one moment that I have forgotten. Or, who was responsible for this?
14: Katara. I'm concerned.
6: Concerned for who? Me? Or, are you concerned for yourself?
14: You are as stubborn as your mother was.
6: Don't you dare.
14: I didn't mean. It's, it's just that- Tell the
6: Senate what you will. I have not forgotten who holds your leash. But they do not hold mine. Goodbye, Father. <laughs>
10: And you know what I don't get most about this situation? It's how the hell Quinn managed to land himself a promotion. Nepotism. Pure nepotism. He wasn't happy enough with my starship that he had to demand the fourth pip. What in the hell could he have done to warrant it? It's probably going to be some drivel about how he already had the rank and they were just testing him. I mean, who the hell does that? If you ask me, it's just one more checkmark on His Majesty's arm while it's another denial to officers who are more deserving. It probably came in exchange for a bottle. He flaunts that damn pip around the station like it's the goddamn Nova Pin. As if he's earned it. Yes, Captain Quinn, we all know your damn rank. Hell, maybe I should go demand a flag rank. If I promote someone like you to full captain, I should at least be given Rear Admiral. This is unacceptable. And downright unbelievable. And do you know what else I find unacceptable? A non commissioned officer calling a senior officer to opt simply to oogle at a galaxy class starship. Well, I will admit the Dauntless is a marvel of Starfleet technology it's not like I haven't seen a galaxy class before we both have seen one and how how dare she talk to me as an equal even though she's top of a field and I'm I, I'm a commissioned officer it doesn't matter I deserve respect and I deserve the respect I'm due first it's an all call and now this what the hell uh, now I I have to admit she is but, but it, it, it doesn't matter But oh. well, you don't give me the run around, do you, Fool Roses
6: Authenticate Nikita Authentication Confirmed Sensor Cloak Operational Data Upload Commencing
4: Establish Encrypted Audio Link
6: Link established
4: Report I, I have established a Relationship with the subject. And? The subject appears to be struggling with common social interactions.
9: Is he reverting?
4: No, I don't believe so. Explain. It's still early in my investigation, but... He has shown signs of frustration during social interactions that may be related to a lack of... confidence.
9: You're authorized to continue. Now, I'm sending you something that requires your immediate attention.
4: Sir?
1: You have
9: your orders.
7: Damn it.
12: Good morning. May I help you? Good morning, Lieutenant. I've just arrived and was directed to see you. Here are my transfer orders. Everything seems to be in order, Lieutenant Wilson. Please, give me a moment to assign you quarters on the station. Certainly. All right, your quarters have been assigned, and I have transferred the information to your pad. I'd recommend you wait until after the ceremony to see the captain. Understood. Is there anything else that I could help you with? No, thank you. Then, welcome to Cure Station.
13: Admiral, while well, I understand that, even here you have many duties to attend to on Lorinda Station... I would like to point out that the ceremony is in 30 minutes. May I suggest we get ready to leave?
3: You don't like to be fashionably late, do you, Lieutenant?
13: No, Mum. With all due respect, I do not.
3: Very well, then. You have my speech? Yes, Mum. And you've read it? Yes, Mum. Spelling errors?
13: As you'll be reading it, I don't see how that matters, Mum.
3: Is it inspiring enough? Yes, Mum. What about the medals?
13: I have them right here.
3: I assume my seat is prepared.
13: Yes, Mum. You're on the stage. Shall I arrange that you have a reserved admiral sign on it? Cheeky. Excuse me.
3: What about my dress uniform?
13: Pressed and hanging in your room, Mum.
3: What about your dress uniform?
13: Uh, I'm, I'm wearing it, Admiral. <laughs> Are you messing with me?
3: Of course I am, Lieutenant. This is supposed to be a joyous event. You can loosen your collar a bit. Yes, Mum. But you won't, will you?
13: No, Mum.
7: Why the hell are you bothering me? Go away. It's me. So?
0: And I'm uh, not alone.
7: Damn it. Come in.
4: Is that any way to greet someone at your door?
7: Yes. Especially if it's Mitch the hell did I do? Because it's all your fault I have to dress up in this damn clown outfit.
0: What a drama queen.
7: I heard that. Do you want some help? I'm pretty sure I can get my pants on. Without your help, thank you.
4: Are you sure about that?
7: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you blue-skinned. As you can see, I didn't need your help.
6: It seems I was right. You look very handsome in your dress uniform, Nikolai.
7: Wow.
0: I didn't think you could clean up so well. Ugh. What was that for?
4: Be nice. <laughs> it would appear the ambassador learns quickly.
7: Apparently. Can we please just get this over with? Okay. Ladies, after you.
2: Come.
1: Good morning, sir.
2: Morning, Liam. What do you have for me?
1: The report on the Bellerophon.
2: Am I going to like it?
1: Not at all. <sighs> all right, let's hear it. In short, nothing definitive came out of the investigation.
2: Damn it, Liam. An Intrepid class starship doesn't suffer an isolated explosion.
1: Agreed, sir. But in their own words, they believe that one of the electronic-bonded uranium pins that joined the exterior hull substrate to the primary load-bearing trusses was defective, which led to the weakening of the integrity field, which ultimately caused the explosion in that section.
2: And killed the one individual that could have shed some light on my investigation.
1: It does seem... unlikely. So, what about the Bellerophon? Excuse me? The Bellerophon, sir.
2: Oh. Get our people off and give her back to her captain.
1: Yes, sir. Bloody hell.
6: You're awfully quiet. Everything okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Tea. I know something's been bothering you lately. What is it? Nothing's
4: wrong. Eat. Your breakfast is getting cold. Do you regret not taking the promotion? It has nothing to do with that. I knew it. There
12: is something bothering you.
4: I need to get ready.
6: Just talk to me, T.
3: Welcome to Prestige Hall. I'm Rear Admiral April Hebert, and it is with great honor that I have been asked to host this promotion ceremony.
17: You've been listening to The Quiet Before the Storm, Episode 11 of Endless Vigilance, a Star Trek fan production. A Two Sober Dwarves Productions podcast. Making magic. This episode was written, produced, and directed by Robert J. Harrower and Vincent J. Loria. It was audio engineered and edited by Robert J. Harrower, Vincent J. Loria, and Isaac Gooch. The voice talents for this episode are Craig Hustler as Captain Mitchell Quinn, Robert J. Harrower as Lieutenant Commander Wilfred Hawthorne, Matthew James Lottie as Lieutenant Commander Nikolai Reznov, Jordan Pierce as Lieutenant Max, Mandy Kaye, as Lieutenant Junior Grade T. LaDraw. Abigail Wall as Ensign Jera Shivari, Jade Laurie as Nurse Loria, Sam Filia as Ensign Yale Tour, Isaac Gooch as Ensign Lin Huai Chang, Eloria Shaw as Ambassador Katara to Parole. Kevin Scarfe as Commodore Stephen Williamson, Joshua Peruse as Advocate Dujuk, Gary Roscal as Captain Liam Sharp and the Voice in the Shadows, Kmart. As Nancy Cooper, Rihanna Gould as the Cure Station Computer, Tommy Estrada as Senator Helios Triperol. Elise Crowick as Rear Admiral April Hebert, Robert Pepper as Proconsul Latant, Regan Packwood as Jensen, Vince Loria as Vice Admiral Randolph Quinn, Jeff Miller as Captain Jonathan Ucab, Riley Weeks as the Romulan Doctor, Stephen Hyatt as Adjutant Latal. Grace Arella 24601 as the Dauntless Bridge Officer. Avatar Tay as Transporter Crewman. Vincent Brownlee as Senior Chief Damian Stewart. Miranda Celine as Master Chief Lexa Atwood. Jonathan Dredge as Lieutenant Moore. Bron Rock Mitchell as Lieutenant Emily Davis. And Micah Raymond as Lieutenant Amy Wilson. Original music for this episode was provided by Nate Reynolds Welsh. In Light and Darkness by Adrian Von Ziegler and Cafe Jazz by 321-JAZZ. Endless Vigilance, a Star Trek fan production, is based on Star Trek, created by Gene Roddenberry. For more information about this episode, or to find us online, please visit us at com, on Twitter at two sober and at Vigilance Trek, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash productions. Star Trek and all related marks, logos, and characters are solely owned by CBS Studios Incorporated. Two Sober Productions, the website, the promotion thereof, and this fan audio drama are not endorsed by, sponsored by, nor affiliated with CBS, Paramount Pictures, or any other Star Trek franchise, and is a non-commercial fan-made audio production intended for recreational use. No commercial exhibition or distribution is permitted. No alleged independent rights will be asserted against CBS or Paramount Pictures.